This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I got the coach on today. Yes, I do. The car coach, Lauren Fix. Hey, coach, what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that we're sponsored or your, or your, your show is sponsored by Dodge because they've done some pretty cool things. I went to the Detroit Auto Show, which was pretty much a bust, but except for what Dodge and what Ford did. They're the only two things that saved the show. Otherwise, it was a total loss. Uh. Yes. So they showed us. It's, they're all sold out, so don't go crazy. The Chrysler 300, we know what that is, that big, very cool vehicle right. with a Hemi engine in it. Now, we've seen that before. Then they stopped making it. It only came with a six-cylinder. It's a short-run production of all big horsepower Hemi engines, wow. really cool big Brembo brakes, just a really nice-looking vehicle. And it came in three colors, and they all sold out in 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Twenty. So they <laughs> announced it. They go, and... It opens right now. People are pulling out their phones. I mean, it was crazy. That's 20 funny. minutes. Before I even walked away from the press event, they were sold out. Wow. Well, you know, think about it. That's smart. They have smart. been, yeah, incredibly smart. They, with these limited productions, I had bought in 2016, I bought a one-of-one one Viper. I bought uh, a Dodge Demon. Again, limited numbers. And now I've yep. sold everything. I made money on everything, and they're still the Dodge Demon and Viper both are selling today Crazy for more numbers. than they cost brand new. So it's very smart. Yep. yep. Very smart. So then they said, well, we're going to do seven versions of the Challenger or the Charger, which they announced at the Woodward Dream Cruise. And they're going to be super high performance, super special. Mm. So one of them is the Grey Ghost. You know about this, but as your listeners know anything about collectible cars, the Grey Ghost is one of the most collectible. That was the one they just announced. That's number six of seven. And the mm. seventh one's supposed to be announced at SEMA. I don't mm. know what it is. November. But my okay. gut tells me it's a Challenger, and it's going to have some crazy motor in it, like a D-Man or some, something nuts. I don't know. I'll, I'll be at SEMA. Yeah. I think you'll be there as well. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what it is, because I may have to buy one of these. You know, I'm always a Ford girl. But, you know, my first car was a Barracuda with a 383, and it's convertible. Uh, it might be, there might be a Mopar in my garage in the very near future because it's the last of them. And the yeah. Challenger is, like, such an iconic car. Yeah. So at the same time, at the Detroit Auto Show, Ford showed us the 2024 Mustang. Right. It is gasoline-powered. It is not hybrid. You want an electric car, you can buy what they call the Mach-E. Right. It is not a Mustang. It's an SUV. But... They're going to be the only game in town because in 2024, there'll be no Charger or Challenger. They're going all electric with a manufactured exhaust note, which is fine for some. It's not my cup of tea, but, you know, to each his own. Right. And then Camaro's gone. So that means Ford's the only game in town. Wait a minute. That's going to be wild. Has that been verified that they're going to end Camaro again? Yeah, they've been talking about it for years, but mind you, they have a chip shortage and they got orders to fill. Uh, but they, the Mustang outsells the Camaro and the Corvette combined, so we know that it is definitely done by. They they said the end of twenty two, but I think they extended it to twenty three, but definitely not twenty four. 
Millie Barra is all in on EVs, which is fine. You can to each his own. I just worry to death as I watch the price of gasoline and electricity go higher and higher. What's going to happen if everyone says, you know what? I don't want an EV. I think I want to go back to gasoline, mm-hmm. and there's nothing available from the domestics. Well, other and than maybe a Mustang and a truck. You're in Florida right now. I think you said Naples, and yeah. you have just experienced in the the state of Florida a pretty traumatic thing. And I have to imagine that you know uh, gasoline shortage and fuel and and the price of electricity and everything is already starting electricity. to electricity. Yeah, it's already starting over there. It's going to ripple across the country. Let's talk about that in the next segment. By the way, my friend Tim Kaniskis, who's the head of all passenger cars, evidently going to be retiring. And he said he had no, some special stuff going on. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just the rumor, but he said he had some special stuff going on, and, and I hope he doesn't. He's the guy responsible for all this uh, muscle stuff you see coming out of Dodge. He's and a real car guy. Real yeah. car guy, the demon and all the rest. But All right, we'll take a little break. Lauren Fix is with us, uh, the car coach. The coach is here. Lauren Fix at laurenfix.com if you want to send her a note. You can find her Instagram, hashtag CarCoachReports, and Twitter, at Lauren Fix. She's all over the place. CarCoachReports.com. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America, and our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Thanks to the folks at Dodge for sponsoring us for all these years. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the end of muscle from Dodge and the uh, Stellantis group over there. They're going to have to do something to keep up with, as Lauren Fix just got done saying, Mustang. They cannot be the only game in town. They, the Dodge will not let that happen, at least when it comes to internal combustion. Okay, so you're in Florida, and uh, what about flood cars? I've been seeing a lot of that on the news. Floods everywhere. But I, like you're listening to the news, and I can't find my car. It floated away. What? It floated away? You oh, know? yeah. How about a McLaren P1 that floated away? Oh, no. $1.3 million car with 300 miles on it. The guy had it in his garage. Oh, my God. And he's like half a mile from the ocean or on the ocean. Flood waters came, and I was in Maple through the whole thing. And I'll tell you my story in a second, but th- this was very interesting. I mean, this guy's car floated from the float. It pushed out the garage, broke the garage door down because of the water. Oh, my God. And the car ended up floating into the street. Could you imagine looking at your cameras on your home and go, oh, my car is fine. It's up on a lift. What? <laughs> 1.3 million. That's when you call Haggerty Insurance and you go, I got a problem. Yeah. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. You got a problem. But there were two Superbirds that were up on a rack. I saw The guy that. had four Superbirds, beautiful cars. He got the two lower ones out that were parked on the ground, and he parked them on high ground way away. 
But he figured these two are up on the lift as high as the lift goes. It should be fine. Right. Did a 16-foot storm surge. 16 feet. <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm, I'm crying problem. inside, but I'm laughing at that, you know. Oh, there were beautiful cars. Uh, guys with Model T's, Model A's. If you look at the different clubs, there's tons of pictures I've seen. Actually, I'm driving around uh, Naples this week because we have a place here, and so I was driving around, and I saw a GT3 RS in Lizard Green. I pull in. It's, it's like a wrecking, like a, not a wrecking here, but like a tow place. Yeah. I want hey, it's for sale, and I can get a good deal. I walk in, I go, hey, what's the deal with this GT3 RS? Nice. Lizard Green most popular color for a 2019 GT3 RS. I have a, a one in chalk, but this is like, a, you know, might be a cool car to have, right? And you can buy it, flip it. He goes, oh, you don't want that car. I go, why not? He goes, it was a floater. A floater. So he said, yeah, a floater. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Your awesome GT3 RS oh. is a floater. Because all the computers that are underneath the carpet is a lot. It's not like you're talking, if it was right. a 65 Mustang, I'd buy the car if it was a Shelby or something. We could restore it easily, tear out the carpet, full restoration. Done. Right, right. Because salt water is destructive. But can you imagine how destructive it is to a Porsche? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Listen, I used, to, I used to own a wrecking yard. And so in my early years, we're talking 30 years ago, I used to own a wrecking yard. And one year there was a flood in Houston, Texas. This was like 1995, 93? Long time ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago. And I was like, my God, these cars are so cheap. It's crazy. They're so cheap. Well, we found out why they were so cheap. You know, because it, it looks mm-hmm. like a perfectly good, you know, Jeep Grand Wagoneer. I remember one of them. It was so funny. I go, look at this. Because I love, yeah, I love the Grand Wagoneer back in those days. And so it was like 500 bucks. And I'm like, 500 bucks. So I bought it. I figured all yeah. the sheet metal's worth $500. I bought it. We had it shipped all the way from Texas back to me, which was about 2,000 miles. The guy gets there, and he says, hey, by the way, he said, that Jeep probably weighs twice its weight because it's full of sand. Because I never even looked at it. I just, there it is. I, I'm going to oh. move on to the next car when you're buying these cars at auction. It, was pro- yeah. it probably had a ton of sand in it. So yeah, and and then oh you know, drivetrain is completely make it destroyed. Worth anything. Right, exactly. Maybe the sheet the metal's still okay. Maybe the wheels and a couple straight. <laughs> Listen, the yeah. fake wood on the doors was fine. All right, oh. that's why it was a floater. <laughs> oh, anyway, geez. and you think about these cars. I mean, we're four and a half miles in from the ocean, so I knew we weren't going to have damage. But I've been through blizzards. I live in Buffalo, right? Right. So we've seen. It's a blizzard. Everyone freaks out. People go into the store just like anywhere else, right? right. It's a hurricane, a tornado, whatever. People freak out. They buy food. They, you know, they stack up. And we sat in a house that is a cinder block house. And they now make these houses with cat five roofs and category five windows. And we sat there and watched this whole thing go down. No damage at all because we were four and a half miles inland. But people in Fort Myers, Sun Coast. Terribly destructive. Just oh, man. The floodwaters are coming up. Well, you know what? And it was a good thing it was low tide. If it was high tide when that happened, it would been really bad. But this the is, weird thing is, the yeah. next day, it's gone and the sun's out and it's 80 degrees and it's been spectacular weather. That's funny. But this is an important thing because we're going to be seeing a lot of these cars... These cars that have been involved in a flood, they don't. Yeah, make sure you do a Carfax. Hey, by the way, we've got a brand new affiliate in, uh, let's see, Waukini, Kansas, KWKN FM Talk Radio. Thank you for taking our show. We'll be right back with more of The Drive.
Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive All Across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Special guest today, my friend, the coach, the car coach, that is. CarCoachReports.com on the web. You can find her, Lauren Fix, on her way with her husband to a racetrack as we speak. Uh, hashtag CarCoachReports. You can find all kinds of stuff there on Instagram. Add Lauren Fix on Twitter, 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 Twitter. And uh, let's see, uh, Lauren Fix at LaurenFix.com if you want to send her an email tell her thank you for this good information lauren is fearless i love that about you i love the the side of you that is like me the little conspiracy theorist kind of person because that makes life fun you know <laughs> it does it does you don't have to be boring life has to be exciting <laughs> you want to leave this world like skidding into a home plate and sand and dirt everywhere and go boom done <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're talking about flood damaged cars I think probably the smartest thing to do is if you're going to buy a car and it seems too good to be true, the price with the price of cars the way they are these days, there's something wrong. It probably is too good to be true. As a matter of fact, it's not good. It's not good. So that is your sign that if the price is low, do your Carfax, do some research, talk to the mechanic. The Carfax will tell you where the car was serviced last and when it was done, or at least, you know, the last time it was at a major dealership of any kind. And you can always call them and say, hey, what do you know about this car? They don't like it, but you know what? To heck with it. I like to find out about the car. I don't care what it takes. All they can do is hang up on me, you know? Right? <laughs> right. But most service people will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And they won't charge you or anything. You're better off having the information. Right. True. Exactly. So not only are we going to be seeing these flood damaged cars that you really, really won't know because they'll detail them up, they'll be beautiful, and the price will be interesting. But even if the price is not too low, because somebody can try and fool you, they can get the title, you need to ask all the questions. And if their name isn't on the title and they've owned it for a year or so, you're going to have to ask, right. them, why are you selling it so quickly? Oh, I've just decided to flip it. A friend of mine had, oh, it's from Florida, or maybe it's not from Florida. But you got to ask the questions. You got to ask because, you know, especially with these like that one you were talking about, the Porsche. What is that car? 180,000 yeah. bucks, you know? So. Oh, no. If you can find a good GT3 RS, you're at 300 grand. Oh, uh, well, you know, but 180 for one that's a floater. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it cost you 300 grand to put it back together. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Okay, so what else here? Are we going to, you know, OPEC, I know there was some stuff about them. Gas prices yeah. are going to be heading up. What was I doing when you called, a matter oh, of fact, yeah. this morning? When, when you, we were supposed to be scheduled. You were to, hauling fuel. Yeah. You I, were hauling I, fuel. I You're filling you my tanks. You trucker. <laughs> <laughs> filling my tanks, baby. I'm not going to get caught with my pants down. Give us your Mark. spiel on, uh, you know, the whole thing with OPEC. What's going on there? All right. So what's happening is the price of gasoline is rising, and it's at a current record high for Los Angeles as of this past week. It's six ninety to a gallon. 
Wow. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I was in San Diego. In LA, you're By the way, to be grateful. I was in San Diego and it was right under eight bucks a gallon in San Diego. Wow. Seven eighty nine wow. for premium and seven fifty nine, seven forty nine. You know, I was like, I took picture of it. And I thought, you know what? It's almost becoming normal there. People are getting used to it. It's sad. It's That's it's terrible. not what the government wants. They want you to say, oh, I'm going to go buy an electric vehicle because that's the answer. Okay, if you were here in Florida where we just lost our power for four days, I don't think you want to have an electric vehicle. Because you know what I saw on the road? Yeah. I have a little TT down here, so an older TT. So I'm driving around looking for gas for my for my little car. I have plenty of fuel, but I figured I might as well top it off, right? I did not see one electric or hybrid car. All right. I saw were diesel trucks and gasoline-powered cars because that was the only thing that was running. And they had two vehicles that I'm aware of caught fire. One was a Tesla, one was another brand oh, because they had a brownout and it caused a fire and it oh. burned these people's house down. Not oh. the hurricane. Your stupid electric car. <laughs> oh, okay. The best meme I saw was a guy that had a personal license plate that was this E W W G A S. Ew, gas. Ew, gas. What was he doing? Yeah. He was filling up five five gallon containers of gasoline because of the hurricane. Yes. Ew, gas. A diesel generator. So then he can start putting power in his dumb car. Come on. You're going to take diesel fuel to put into a generator, yeah. which needs, you know, in order to power your electric car. Doesn't yeah. that make sense? I know, I know. You're it's turning an ugly. apple into an orange so you can eat it. We can eat it as an apple. Eat it as an orange. What are we doing? Now, and but, this will just tell you how stupid this is. Yeah. So that, that's what I always tell people. So think about this. So. The president wants to lower the price of gas for everyone because right. elections coming up. So he is now dumping even more of the strategic oil reserves. Oh boy! Why? Yeah. Well, it's at its lowest point since 1984, and that's not good. That's the lowest it's ever been. Right. And the problem is, if God forbid we have a hurricane, something serious happens that we don't even want to discuss, then we need that strategic oil in order to keep our country alive. But we don't have enough to run it for even a week now. Oh, boy. That's a problem. So he went to OPEC in the Middle East and said, hey, let's make some more oil here. We'd like to have it. His people. I know what they said? No. Mm. And as Marie Antoinette would say, let them eat cake, <laughs> they replied with, I can't believe I saw this in the news. Tell them to drive EVs. <laughs> don't you love it? Oh, that my is God. It. Finger off my nose. Thinking, you know, blah, right, blah, blah. That's right. what you're saying to us. Oh, my god! So they've gosh. cut 3.5 million barrels of production, and they know they're hurting us, and they don't care. Oh, my gosh. All right, hold tight. We have no leverage any longer. Hold tight. One more little segment with you. Lauren Fix, she is the car coach, carcoachreports.com. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with more. word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. What's up, coach? The coach is in the house, the car coach, that is Lauren Fix. And uh, her website is carcoachreports.com. She's got tons of videos, car reviews, all kinds of fun stuff. She's a prolific, prolific. She makes a lot of videos on cars. I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> how you doing, Lauren? <laughs> I'm great. What's yeah, the word? How do you say that damn word? I love doing these more informative things, but the car reviews are fun. Yes. I get to drive some good cars and some bad cars, but that's part of it. You know, you know, you get cars, sometimes you're like, God, I got to write a review of this thing. Yeah. I can't wait to review it and park it. And then other cars are like, I can't not drive this vehicle. It just calls me to drive it every day. Yep. So. No, there's cars that I've driven that I couldn't wait till they went back. And there's cars that I drive that I literally think I could be a, a car thief because I'm going to steal this car. Oh, but, I've had a couple of those lately. Some amazing huh. product. Yeah, we got the North American Car and Truck of the Year event coming up. In October, we'll be driving cars later on this month. In November, we'll be announcing the finalists for World Car of the Year, mm. and that will all be at the LA Auto Show, and then the winners for World Car will be announced at the New York Auto Show, where hopefully I'll see you this year. Yeah. No, you I'm never know. I, I, was, I should be. Uh, COVID prevented a lot of that last year, but anyway. so We'll hopefully get you back on Kelly and Ryan. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be fun. They're good they people. Missed, they it, it was, definitely needed you. You know what? It was ABC. <laughs> they You had to have all the garbage. They, they had to have all the shots up to date. And I was like, eh, yeah, pass on those shots and all that. So yeah, now, I'm with you. Now I'm you know. You. That's right. I have not had a prostate exam either. Just just if people want, because we're talking about my medical. I don't need to medical. know that. <laughs> I don't need to know I'm that. not afraid. I'll talk about whatever you want. Don't you worry about it. Okay. Speaking about talking about whatever you want, we we're talking about electric cars for a minute there and how, oh, OPEC kind of uh, snubbed their nose at uh, the Biden administration saying, make more oil for us or or at least, you know, give us more oil or sell us more oil. And they said, drive electric cars. Was it you that was telling me that uh, some of these batteries are going to be kind of their life cycle will be ending pretty soon and it's going to be a disaster? It is. And I have been I think I told you about that maybe last week, but millions of electric car batteries are going to be retiring by 2030. And Mm. what a retirement means is. They take it out of the car, you get a new one, whether you pay for it or it's covered, off you go. What happens to that battery? Well, they have to use it on the secondary market until it's literally dead, like a dead battery, like in your remote control, because they can't recycle them until they're literally completely useless, Mm. and they still can't recycle all of it. So that's what they're running into. There's going to be more than 6 million electric vehicle battery packs that will end up as scrap between now and 2030. And the recycling and the reuse industries are working hard to find a solution, but they're truly, and there's redwood industries, they can get most of it, but they can't get all of it. And so Mm. what happens with the stuff they can't recycle? Well, it sits in a pile somewhere in a salvage yard. And some of the researchers are projecting that the recycling alone could be a $12 billion industry by 2025. So if you're looking for a new job, Alan, Mm. you should be recycling batteries. I'm going to be, uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to start uh, looking for property that has a lot of salt in it. Cause I think they're going to have to bury those things in the ground. Like they do with the, oh. you know, the, the radiation uh, stuff that has radiation, you know, right. that's that is a windmill, you know, the windmill blades when they get damaged, <laughs> yeah, they right. have to bury them in the ground. They're made of fiberglass. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They need to have like a giant recycling machine that just eats those things, you know? 
A jolly green that giant would be really cool, actually. Right? I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah, like a, that would be neat. But every manufacturer is building electric cars, and they're using these lithium batteries. And lithium is the problem. There's not just a shortage of lithium. But because we're making the most advanced batteries you can get, the problem is there's a secret hidden time bomb inside of all these things, and that's the impact of the environment. And I don't want to be sitting here on the phone with you 10 years from now and going, yeah, we both said it was a mistake, and now what? It's like you can go backwards and say, well, let's not dig up that cobalt, lithium, and everything, and the damage to the earth and mining it. The one interesting key thing is where there's a lot of lithium here in the U.S., and they put a stop to it through the EPA, which you can mine in other countries. It is an area called Thacker Pass, and it's in Nevada. And that's where the largest hard rock lithium reserve is in, in the United States. But currently, we, they won't let them dig it. And also, there's about 80% of the battery lithium materials and all the rest of the materials. They're mined by China and owned by China. Mm. <laughs> uh, no I, one's somehow, talking about this but you and I. Somehow, I just started thinking about you and me on the radio 10 years from now. Here's what you'd hear. <laughs> Honey, get my dentures. The radio show's about to begin. I, I can't talk about my dentures. People will hear my, my lips flapping in the air. That's 10 years from now, by the way. <laughs> Lauren Fix, the car coach. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Bring my dentures over here right now. Exactly. We'll be right back with Morris Day Weathers. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Who could it be now? Who could it be now? Uh, who, who could it be now? Uh, who could it be now? Oh, well, it could be George Kennedy. George Kennedy III, calling in all the way from Boston, or somewhere near Boston. Whereabouts are you, George? Yeah, I'm in Providence these days. Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, my gosh. But I don't know why. I guess because you work for uh, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and all that car guru. I've, I've lived in Boston most of my life, or around Boston. Yeah. And I have family down here. It's where my dad and I each keep our boats down oh. here. So, oh. Yeah. Did you see what I was doing? Uh, did you Have you followed social media at all? Did it involve cows? No, no, no. It involved boats. <laughs> Oh, I'm sad no. that you didn't oh, see. Oh, you were fishing. I uh, thought you were fishing, man. Yeah, okay, you did see. <laughs> you, you weren't weighing down any of your fish that you caught with uh, with lead weights, were you? Oh, you dude, that? let me just tell you. I caught a salmon, okay? And then there was some scuttlebutt. There was like, well, you know what? We forgot to check and see if it was a one salmon or another salmon. What, was that? what did they call that? Like a uh, a salmon 
that you have to throw back if it's been um, grown in a, I don't know, whatever. I, you know, I, it's like, I don't know about this stuff. It was like, it's salmon. I caught a salmon. It's, I'm keeping the damn thing. And they're like, you know, there's a fine or something. I'm like, I don't know any of this. Now I got to research all this, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm usually with a guide or somebody. They do all this stuff, but I got my own boat. So I said, let me tell you something. I would have filleted that salmon and put it in my underwear to sneak it out of there if I had to. I it was would not. have ended up in your belly before anybody got it. I would have eaten it raw, okay? It would have been some salmon sashimi down the hatch in about tell- five minutes. Like, I'm telling you, it was so exciting. But anyway, we caught uh, all kinds of cod. Of course, you're from Boston. You understand cod. But we caught oh, this yeah. one ling cod. You know what a ling cod is by the chance? I do not. Oh, my gosh. Look up the ling cod. This thing was like, I, I, we pull it up, and its head looks like a dragon. It looks like a, a fierce dragon. And then it's like the little dog in Star Wars that rolls up into a little ball in, in uh, the Ewok adventure. There was no body. It's like it had no body. It was all head anyway. But, yeah, you catch some weird things in the ocean. All right, let's talk about cars. Now, we've been talking about, with Lauren Fix just before you, the whole electric car thing. and, and there's, But... Listen, the automakers are still making, they're making electric cars like they're going out of style and they're just coming into style. The problem is there's all kinds of things maybe that they have not addressed or given much thought to, which is kind of bizarre as we just heard with Lauren, but you're driving an EV right now. What do you got? Yeah. So I have the 2022 Kia EV6. It's technically a crossover, but for all intents and purposes, especially somebody like me, 6'3", this is a hatchback. And uh. it's good that it's a hatchback. I think for for all of the Hummer EVs out there, all of the 6,000-pound electric vehicles that can go to 0 to 60 in two seconds and has all this range, I think the real meat of where the EV market is going to show growth is in smaller hatchbacks, you know, the Bolt being the smallest, right, and the Leaf being the smallest. But but growing out of that into more well-rounded vehicles. Right, right. So it's funny to me because me and you, you and I, to say it properly, we are not really the electric car guys. I mean, and for us to have to talk about these things, we're being forced to talk about things that maybe we wouldn't want to own ourselves. Although, now here's the caveat. I saw a Ford F-150 being advertised, the Lightning, the electric one, of which it's kind of not getting the greatest reviews from the real, the real, as Tim Allen would say, the real <laughs> truck guys, right? Because if you yeah. ho- hook a boat onto it, we we're talking about boats, you cut the mileage in not in half, but less than half, because now it's t- just like gas mileage. It takes more gas to make your vehicle tow, takes more electricity to make that vehicle tow. And I thought I could live with an electric vehicle because of where I live, but I need a truck. So I could live with an electric vehicle, but I would always keep a backup gas or diesel too. And I think that that's for a while. That's going to be the solution. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle on the electric car stuff. I think that if a car is engaging to drive, I, yeah, I'll miss the sound of a a rumbling V8, but if it, if it's engaging to drive, I don't care what power is. Right. I'm also intrigued by technology, especially when it works. But when it comes to the truck stuff, I can list on probably at least one hand and half of another folks that that use their truck the way that somebody would have used a family sedan right. 
20 years ago. Yeah, that's right? true. So you're right. Yeah. If you have a 40-foot trailer, horse trailer, whatever, and you're driving from Montana to Texas, this is not going to be for you for a long time. Right. But there are a lot of folks who use their trucks as commuter vehicles that this would be a viable solution for. So to that point, I ended up buying a Jeep Gladiator, which is the Jeep and I got a Rubicon, so it's a Jeep Wrangler pickup truck. Tiny little bed, and I put a little toolbox behind the cab, which took up half the bed. So <laughs> literally, my dog would be uncomfortable in the back of the bed because there's so little room now with the, you know, a toolbox back there. So it's really, it's kind of a, a glorified, you know, it's not even really a truck. It's a glorified Jeep vehicle that has a little extra outdoor room, you might say. But I need that. I got to have stuff that I'm taking that I don't want in my vehicle, you know, diesel cans or gas cans or something, you know, a big uh, greasy, oily part I'm going to take to one of the tractors or, you know, a a bag of fertilizer. I don't want that inside my vehicle with me. Bale of hay, a couple of bales of hay, whatever. So trucks are important, but I don't, you know, I can use my Jeep, but I got a diesel 30 miles to the gallon on the highway. I also have a big one-ton GMC, which I do have my 40 foot trailer which i can put 250 bales of hay on no problem so i'm that guy but i I can't imagine using an f-150 lightning for anything more than a glorified car but i still need it you're you're right and i would also say too what you were listening there were like well look i don't need a big truck to do big truck work all the time but i would like a bed i think that's the thinking with hyundai and ford with the santa cruz and maverick respectively right right. you need a maverick with a hybrid powertrain that yep. gets 42 miles a gallon in the city yeah no right? it's great my wife drove it the other day we had one and she was like i like this this i could use this because we have chickens and cows and alpaca and, and llamas and horses and we have all these things she's like i could do this and then she got back in her nissan rogue and remembered you know she's got a, a fully loaded nissan rogue which is a nice little suv she remembered how luxurious even just a little Nissan Rogue SUV, as she thought, eh, maybe I don't really know. I'll just use your Jeep when I need to. So right. That's, well, I, you, you know, know, my uncle is considering a Maverick, right? right? And right. he doesn't need it for all this stuff, but he's also got boat stuff because he also owns a boat. Right. And he just wants stuff where he can throw gas cans and, like, wet sail bags, stuff like that. Right. Funny thing is, his daughter, my cousin, was like, well, that's not a cool vehicle. So what you have is, and I think when you think about the people that own full-size trucks that use them as, you know, family sedans, you're going to have this great reckoning of, are we starting to get back to the vehicles that we actually need? Oh, the reckoning. You had to say that, didn't you? Ah, the house of the rising sun. We're coming to a reckoning right now, whether we buy gas, internal combustion, I should say, or an electric vehicle. George is driving one. He'll tell us about it on the other side. Stay with us. more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. 
Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you by Subaru. We thank Subaru for sponsoring the show. they got a great slogan, love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. George Kennedy joining us. He is a co-founder of Cartender. He's also a freelance automotive uh, journalist for Car Gurus, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. And he's a reporter here on The Drive. George, the uh, Kia EV6, give us five minutes on it. Yeah, sure. So it's a crossover technically, but in reality, it's a, it's a low-slung hatchback. It rides on that same electric skateboard chassis with the Hyundai Ioniq 5. And it's cool to see the two very different vehicles using a similar footprint. In this case, like the Ioniq 5, you can get rear-wheel drive with a single motor or a dual-motor setup with all-wheel drive. We had the latter. And that has about 274 miles of range with just the rear motor with the upgraded battery. You're looking at 310. And that's a great range for commuting. I was able to go all weekend and didn't have to charge it again until the end of the weekend after going back up to Boston, back down Rhode Island and all over. And it has DC fast charging. So you're looking at being able to charge this thing up, you know, from 20% up to 80% in about 20, 30 minutes, something like that. So that really is the future kind of combination of, decent range, fast charging to make these viable cars for a lot of people. The low slung nature of this vehicle makes it dynamic. It's a fun car to drive. It's got good turn in. So if you're comparing it to the Ionic 5, that's more of a kind of comfortable ride. This is a performance oriented ride. And I was really encouraged to see that Uh, moving inside. It's got a great futuristic interior. The only knock against it is it does not have a volume dial. You know how I feel about that. Uh, It has a little roller on the steering wheel, but otherwise, Kia's Uvo infotainment system is great. It has Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, big screen, presents everything really well. Outside of the volume dial, very intuitive. And because you don't have a transmission tunnel or driveline, you have all this floor space. So the center console where the shifting buttons are at is almost kind of floating there, and you can put gear down below that. So really spacious. The the second row has a lot of legroom, even for somebody my height at six foot three. Mm-hmm. So it's a great sampling of what an electric car can be when it's not trying to be a thousand horsepower zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds truck thing right right? well like you're talking about here with the packaging of the interior because there's no transmission tunnel for the trans because it's an electric car so you don't have that kind of transmission now having to go front to back or any of that you've got a flat load floor that really does add to the value of it if they would build these cars and not try and cram them down our throats, I believe more and more people would be buying them. But people are kind of rebelling against them a little bit because of the fact that they're, you know, whenever an automaker says, we're not going to be building any more ICE, internal combustion engine, ICE vehicles, we're going to be going all electric, you know, and a couple of these car companies, Jaguar and some, I don't even know who else has done it. But what happens is the Jaguar enthusiast goes, oh, yeah, well, guess what? I'm going to go buy me a supercharged whatever it is from, you know, uh, 2009, whatever. And we're going to put that in the garage and we're going to take we're going to baby that. And then they're actually and Jay Leno said this. Did you hear about this? 
they're making they're making car enthusiasts. These electric car companies and electric car manufacturing are making more car enthusiasts because we're going to now head back to the cars that turned us on back in the day. You know, whether it be a classic car or even the new Dodge Demon that was out from 2018, they're going well, to be making us more classic car people. I think that, and especially because I care deeply about classic cars, you know, I've owned old four by fours and stuff. There's a generational thing with, with car enthusiasts, you know, 15 years ago, a lot of the old timers would scoff at a Subaru WRX being considered a historically relevant vehicle, but it's won countless WRC titles, right? So, you know, there's going to be a generation of kids that didn't grow up with V8s and they're going to be just fine with electric cars. I would also say that we have a, a unique vantage point of receiving a lot of these press vehicles. So, in our eyes, it looks like there's nothing but electric cars coming. Right. I would warrant that uh, when they people say we're going electrified, it's going to be a combination of electric, plug-in, hybrid, I know. And hybrid. I, you forward. and I know this. And, and the hybrids, are, the hybrids are seamless too. Yes, you so, and I know this, but they, and, and, they're and, saying. And I would say that, that folks are going to vote with their wallets, and yeah. automakers. If people decide they all want to go electric next year, nobody, no automaker wants to be got left in the dust. By right? the way, so they want to make sure they have something in the lineup. Right, be ready to handle whichever way the crowd goes. How much was the Kia EV6? What's the price tag on that thing? Yeah, so that was fifty-five thousand nine hundred. Oh! I mean, but it it starts at forty thousand dollars for the for the base yeah. model, and you got to remember, you know, flat screens talk five thousand right. dollars. No, I know. Now that's five hundred bucks. All right, sixty-five inch. I, I got to cut you off because I hate electric cars. Oh no, it's because we're out of time. <laughs> we're out of time. George, thank you, man. <laughs> Pleasure as always. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back with more of The Drive. A whole other hour. Stay with us. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. So earlier this week, I went fishing. And while I was out in the ocean, I was thinking about my friends are in Florida with all the insanity that was going on. And I was thinking, my gosh, it's beautiful. I was catching fish and Thinking, you know, Stephen Cole Smith lives in Florida. Also, Lauren Fix, who was in the first hour, she's in Florida. Stephen Cole Smith joining us from Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports and all the other magazines he works with. But, uh, Steve, you are in Florida. How was the hurricane to you? You know, it's a hurricane. It's kind of like being stalked by an angry turtle. <laughs> you know, the, the weathermen here start the hurricanes off the African coast right. and follow them all the way. So you've got literally 10 days of terror when they say they're coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, 
you've got those crazy spaghetti models that one will go off to El Paso and the other one will go to Canada. And then some of the rest of them will all gang up and decide where the hurricane's actually going to go. Right. And that's the way this one was. It, uh, it came, it came into the Gulf and it was coming to our doorstep in Tampa. I mean, coming to the doorstep, it was exactly coming to where we lived. So we're scrambling, getting ready, getting the generators ready, getting everything, you know, squared away. And it made that right turn into Fort Myers, just the way that Charlie did in 2004, which was not a big surprise because Charlie was this tiny hurricane that was just furious and came all the way up and, and got me in the, in central Florida where I was living at the time. Right. And, uh, this one pretty much followed the same track, but it was a much bigger storm. And as soon as it hit ground near Fort Myers, it started to break up. The eye kind of went away, but it was a huge rainmaker up to, uh, through Daytona, through Orlando and all the way across. The wind wasn't that bad, but the rain was horrible, and they're still having trouble there with flooding, uh, bridges going out, electricity issues, but it's nothing like it is for the people down in Fort Myers. Mm. uh, You know, they're still still days away from electricity down there, and Sanibel Island, one of the prettiest places in Florida, was just kind of wiped out. It was a a pretty bad hurricane. Mm. Now, as I hear Tampa... I'm going to Tampa on the uh, 20th. I have to go to really? an event there. Yeah. So how far from Tampa do you live? Not far. Oh, geez. Well, we're going to have to get some coffee. By golly. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. I'll have my people call yours. Okay, we'll set it up. Good. <laughs> so one thing I did see was photographs of the racetracks that were like, they were like lakes. So Yeah, Daytona wasn't all that bad. But there were circulating photos from about five years ago when it was flooded. Oh, that's and what it was. A lot of yeah, a lot of people were thinking that it was just a big bowl full of water, and that really wasn't this time. <laughs> uh, those are older photos, but oh, they did man. get they did get plenty of rain in Daytona. I know that, and oh, a lot funny. of wind. Well, that's funny. I, you know what? I hate when that happens when the the media or people. They post photos that, you know, aren't true. And this is why we have such a problem with the media these days. And it isn't just media because people do it, too. They want to make it they want to glorify it or amplify, you know, the reality is that, you know, it should be. Well, it shouldn't be allowed, but that's the way it goes. I mean, then we get into. Yeah, I've never I've never understood the uh, appeal of doing that on Facebook. I know, you know, putting up photos or, you know, somebody will talk about this awful crime and have photos of it, and somebody will say, listen, that was 11 years ago I lived there. So <laughs> exactly. um, I've never understood, you know, oh. why people do that, but they definitely do, and they did during this flood. Oh, man, that sucks. When we come back, uh, Stephen Cole Smith will give us a motorsports update. Not a whole lot going on, but it's all worth talking about. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The sky comes falling down for you. There's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. 
the word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive, and no matter where you are across this uh, world, because of the uh, interwebs, we have a worldwide audience. We hope that you're being safe out there and enjoying your life in some way, shape, or form, because you know what? Um, I think we're stuck with this situation where we're at with the high price of gas and all these things for at least the temporary until some big changes happen. But I went fishing the other day. Stephen Cole Smith is with us, and Steve... I went fishing and I caught a salmon and it was the most beautiful thing. I caught some giant rockfish and I got to tell you, man, I was standing out there thinking to myself, you know, look at this perfect, beautiful weather and somewhere else in the world right now. And of course, at the time they were just on the tail end of all the, uh, the hurricane stuff and it was all starting to, um, you know, we were all starting to see the damage that was done. I was thinking, well, I'm enjoying myself out here in the ocean. Somebody else would be, you know, fearing going out in the ocean. And uh, so that's why I just wanted to express to make sure that while we have a chance, you know, enjoy those moments of uh, just happiness that we have because they're becoming fewer and fewer, it seems, in this world we have, you know. So... Well, it'll, it'll be your turn in the barrel one of these days. So as long as, as your weather's good, you know, enjoy it because yeah. I'm sure you've got some kind of storm coming down oh, the line at some point. winter's coming, exactly. Anyway, Haggerty.com and GrassrootsMotorsports.com, automotive journalist Stephen Cole Smith going to give us now a little bit of an update on of what not is going on or not much going on in the world of motorsports. Talk to us. Well, not a lot going on because uh, IndyCar's over, NHRA and F1 are off this week. NASCAR is not. NASCAR's pretty busy with the Cup Series playoffs. This is uh, race 31 of 36 in the season and race 2 of 3 in the round of 12. And uh, there's some pretty big names that are looking like they might get cut off if they don't have a good race at the Charlotte Roval this weekend. Alex Bowman will not be racing because of a concussion. Uh, and that's another point. There's a, a lot of drivers concerned about this new car that we've got concussions like Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch is out for the rest of the year with his concussion. Yeah. They're wondering if there's something about the car that's the stiffness is causing these concussions and really hard crashes for some of these drivers. So there's some controversy going on right now about what the cause, if it's just coincidental or if there's something about the new car that they haven't discovered. But everything was fine for Chase Elliott at Talladega. He won and he's locked into the round of eight. They're going to be cutting uh, four more cars off after this weekend. The guys that are below the round of eight cutoff are Chase Briscoe, William Byron, Christopher Bell, and, and Alex Bowman, of course, because he's not going to be racing. So he's going to be out of the uh, playoffs. But the guys that are in are Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, 
Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Sendrick. But, of course, that can change based on the performance uh, this Sunday at Charlotte. Hmm. You know, I'm thinking about what you said there about these uh, drivers with these new cars getting a concussion. A concussion is not an easy thing to get. you got to get walloped pretty darn hard. And yeah. uh, you look at guys like uh, Muhammad Ali and some of the other football players that get concussions, you know, the boxers and the football players. Then it turns into a kind of like a traumatic brain injury at some point if they're not careful because they, you know, reoccurring things like this. Boy, I wonder if they're doing some studies on this new car. Well, it's funny you should mention that because several years ago I wrote that story for Road and Track magazine. You kid! And uh, <laughs> Fred Fred Lorenzen, the the great driver from the 1960s, is in a, a rest home in Chicago, suffering from that. Mm. Of course, they can't tell for sure if you're suffering from it because you have to be dead and they have to cut your head open and <laughs> right. check your brain. But the yeah. symptoms are all there. Wow. For him, I think that's one reason Dale Earnhardt got out. I think that's one reason that uh, Carl Edwards got out when they did. They're worried about this because head injuries, you don't have to have but one. But the more you have, the more chance you have of having a a traumatic brain injury. Right. And uh, it causes terrible things. Its symptoms are something like... uh, Alzheimer's, but it's much worse than that. There's a lot of violence going on. A lot of football players have committed suicide because they know something's wrong and right. don't know what they can do about it. It's it's uh, definitely a concern in NASCAR. Well, and then what happens is they don't know what's going on. They don't understand it. And they tend to lean on drugs. And then the drugs, yeah. you know, like these benzodiazepines have their own problems associated with them again like you talk about anger problems and and i've heard of these suicides and what have you interesting though i was working with the military with patriot outreach and some of the folks there and they are doing brain mapping now and what happens is is that they map the brain of these folks that go into combat before they go and then if there's a problem they have a map of their brain to see What's going on? And maybe this is some help that these guys need. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll take a little break. We need a solution, though, if people are getting concussions. Yikes. I'll be right back with more Stephen Cole Smith from Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports. Stay with us. Anybody's helping anyway. Now, now these days are gone. I'm not so self-assured. Now I find a change of mind. I'll open Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness this is the drive with alan taylor and our show is brought to you in part by dodge domestic not domesticated Stephen cole smith joining us from haggerty haggerty.com and grassroots motorsports 
And, um, you know, some interesting thing is going on. I was happened to be friends with uh, Mark Royce, who's the president of General Motors, and he posted something. They're moving all of their heritage vehicles from, I don't know whether it was Pontiac, Michigan, or something like that, back into Detroit, back to kind of Motor City. And it was kind of a big deal. And I didn't really read the whole story, but they're very proud of their history. And many years ago, Stephen Cole Smith and I... And Bill Warner, who started Amelia Island Concours in Florida, they let us drive a bunch of those classic cars. And I, I think, Steve, you, you did a story on that, right? I did a story on it just a, a couple of weeks ago. They had the, uh, the Concourse of Detroit that Haggerty runs, and General Motors brought some of their famous cars out and let people look at them. But unlike the thing that you and I were on, God, it's been close to 20 years. Alan. Has it really been that uh, long? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they took, they, when we were down at Amelia Island one weekend, they brought a bunch of those cars down there. And unbelievably, they rented out part of an old naval base, I think, yeah. in, in uh, Jacksonville and let us drive them. And I got to drive the Y job. And I wrote a story about that. The Y job was of course, produced by Buick in 1938, and it was a very first concept car. You know, it wasn't designed to be mass-produced. It was just a pure concept car to show what they could do. And I still think that's one of the most beautiful cars in the world, yes, one of the yeah. first that had retractable headlights, and it didn't have a running board. It was very low to the ground, yeah. had a big straight-eight engine in it. It wasn't fast, but it didn't have to be. It was a cruiser. Right. And it was uh, an amazing car, and it just made me think about styling now and how common it looks to to have an SUV go by, and you're not sure if it's a Mazda or a Hyundai or a Honda. Or a BMW. That wasn't, that wasn't the time not that many years ago when we absolutely knew for sure what kind of cars were made by who yeah. just by looking at them. Yeah, taillights, headlights, marker lights. I remember growing up when I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old when I started really getting into cars. I could literally at night tell what was behind us by the headlights and where the marker lights were positioned. You know, it's right. like, and I'm like, and, and then my, my dad was like, he thought I was crazy. He was like, how do you know that? He's British, you know? And so my mom's from Alabama. My dad's from London, England. That makes me a, a, a George Costanza. But anyway, I, I loved cars so much that I was that guy. I'm sure you were that guy. We were all, you know, yeah. the, the car guys and gals in the crowd. They know what we're talking about when we talk about the little nuances of differences. And you're right. Today, you, you look for a badge to see what brand of car it is because they all just blend. They're designed in the wind tunnel. Yeah. So, yeah, they're designed for aerodynamic performance and gasoline uh, um, consumption. mileage. Yeah, but right. it's a shame. And they stay the same. They don't change year to year yeah. the way they did back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, uh, one car company that I will give credit to is Porsche. They, you know, you, you see a Porsche, you pretty much know. I mean, other than their SUVs, but the, the 911 has just had slow, tiny, uh, very measured changes over the years. And I think it's what, 70, 71 years, 72 years, however they old are. But you can, you just see the evolution of the car. And it's not that way with other car companies. Um, they've lost their style, I think. 
Yeah, I like to say that if you woke up out of a coma of 30 years or so, you would recognize the Porsche and the Jeep. Yeah. And that's probably it. You would have no idea what any of the other cars were because they haven't really paid homage to their heritage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing there that that's going to tell you what the car is other than, like you said, the badge. Yeah. And then you have companies, you know, Ford Motor Company made the mistake of bringing back the Taurus. I've told this story a number of times. And they said there's brand recognition. These are the marketers, you know, the bean counter marketer kind of people. Right. You know, Taurus was not a really great car i don't know that it had yeah maybe it had brand recognition but it didn't have good mojo i think if anything it had kind of bad mojo and so they they brought the taurus back after i don't know being gone for like 20 years or whatever but all of a sudden there was a Taurus. didn't look like the old taurus of course it shouldn't because it was kind of a bizarre looking car but it, it just didn't do well so it went away again and then we have other cars going away i heard the camaros going away lauren was talking about that earlier in the show but it'll come back you know, yeah, I think it'll come back as an electric, and you know this Mustang that that just came out, I think looks okay, but it's obviously a retooled version of the car they got now because it's a a place filler until the real electric Mustang comes out. I mean, there's so many electrics that are on the way. I did a story for Agerty just today that uh Honda's coming out, I think, with 130 electrics around the world in the next 10 years. Oh. Uh, just Honda. Just Honda alone. Good So, uh, you know, we've got to get used to it, Alan. Oh. There will be gas engines for a long time, but a lot of our favorite marks are going to be electric pretty soon. Yeah, not mine, but anyway. Um, okay, Stephen Colesmith. Haggerty.com, grassrootsmotorsports.com. When we come back... Uh, I talked to Brian Moody from Auto Trader. He also works with Kelly Blue Book. And he's going to give us a little more on how to spot flood damaged cars. It's important. Thank you, Steve. We'll be back, everybody. Thanks, Alan. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. This is uh, All-American Rejects, Dirty Little Secret. And, you know, I was thinking about earlier in the show, I was talking with Lauren Fix, who was in Florida during the whole, you know, the hurricane, all that stuff, and lots of stories and, you know, wrecked cars and flooded cars and all that. And I thought, you know, we need to spend a little more time on this. So uh, I called Brian Moody, who's on the line. He's executive editor of Auto Trader. He also, Auto Trader's part of uh, the company that owns Kelly Blue Book as well. And so I'm thinking, Brian, if we can, let's talk a little bit more about what happened in Florida, because 
all over the news. You see from classic cars to brand new cars to a story. Uh-huh. One story was uh, the guy's, uh, I don't know, it was a Lamborghini or something. He put it on his lift in his garage, which he had stackable, you know, a car above and a car below. Yeah. And uh, the car, you know, floated off when the water got high enough. So you're going to see all kinds of exotic cars, classic cars, and just workaday, everyday cars that are going to have been in not only water, but possibly salt water, which is <laughs> even worse. Now, water damage is bad enough, but salt water damage is, is yeah. a real death nail. So flood damage cars, we'll call it, or hurricane damage cars. Because I was telling Brian in the commercial break, I bought some cars back in 1992 after Hurricane Aniki. I owned a wrecking yard. So the insurance company flew me out to Hawaii and they said, we have these brand new cars that were on a new car dealership. And when you got 100 mile an hour winds, the sand from the beach is flying around. It's sandblasting glass and chrome and paint. And they just couldn't sell them for new. So I went and I bought some beautiful cars that had you know, light damage, we'll call it wind damage. Some of them had dents and mm-hmm. things, but that was great back in the day. But today we have, and we'll talk about this too, rebuilt versus salvage titles and all these, these things that have, you know, kind of changed the industry. I think for the better, people ought to know. And back in the day, you could uh, cut two cars in half and weld them back together again and, and sell it to the public. And nobody knew. Now my company was called salvage brokers. I, I love the business. I owned Wrecking Yard, so I loved the salvage business. And when people came to me, they knew what they were getting. But I also knew that there were a lot of people that didn't know what they were getting when later down the road. So uh, having a branded title, we'll call it, is, uh, I think, an important thing in our auto industry for today. I actually drive a truck right now, I was telling Brian, a 2012 GMC beautiful truck it only had forty thousand miles on it it's a one-ton four-wheel drive dually and the guy's son evidently borrowed his dad's truck got drunk spun out went off the road backwards Uh yeah but it didn't really hurt the vehicle that much and a friend of mine called me i i told him i said hey if you see a good one-ton four-wheel drive i need it for my ranch and so it's a ranch truck right I, i don't care if it's got a dirty title or not rebuilt salvage title so he calls me up. He says, yeah, I got your truck. I go, what is it? He goes, it's a 2012 with 40,000 miles. You can drive it home. I said, what? So I went over there. Sure enough, I drove it home. I bought it. And I was telling Brian, I'm in it about half of what they sell for today, which you should be if it's got a dirty title. So Brian, I'm bringing it right to you. Where do yeah. you want to start with this off of that? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, in, in your case, probably you paid something pretty decent for that truck. My guess is that you didn't buy it for five grand. No, I and didn't. I didn't. So that's the first thing is that like, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Right. And people are not out there in the business of selling hundred thousand dollar exotic cars for 20 grand right. and making money. Right. That's not a real thing. That's right. But you know, today I would say there's a few things you could do to look for flood damage or water damage in a car. And like you said, the salt water makes it even worse. One of the things to be aware of is that like today's cars versus like, say, I almost think that like if you had a a car from the 1970s, let's say, and it did get some flood damage, I bet you could probably like a a pretty decent home mechanic could probably bring that car back up to spec pretty easily. Right. If you knew what you were doing today, airbags and computer systems and traction control and anti-lock brake modules I just wouldn't mess with any of that. No, it's so a, there's it's a few a things disaster. you can check and see 
you know, if the car seems like maybe it has flood damage, like the first thing is electronic components not working. So if you go look at a used car, let's just say, and one window doesn't work, but the rest of them do, okay, there's a good chance it's a switch or a fuse or something like that. But if they all don't work and the radio doesn't work, that's a red flag right there yeah. because water and electrical components obviously don't mix. And, you know, that's the first thing to look for. Also, look in places like the trunk and just see if there's silt, sand or grass or anything like that in there. Something that looks like it may have been rinsed through, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. And you can also feel under the carpet. So not just the floor mats, but stick your hand underneath that. If it's wet underneath that, well, why is that? That would be a good question to ask. And even surface rust on some metal components inside the vehicle, this may be the center console, the seat frame. Again, why would that be? There really shouldn't be rust inside of the car unless there's been water there. You know, some light rust here and there. If you live in a humid area, probably no big deal. But those are some things that you can do. You can also just look in the headlights and see if it looks like there was a water line there or if they were waterlogged. Well, or you know, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more because I've experienced all those things you're talking about. There will be, as you called it, a silt line because what happens is, you know, there's a flood, the water comes up and then Mm -hmm. it goes down. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of garbage floating in that water and it's silty, you know, sand and garbage. And but what happens is we found that if we took the carpet away from like in the trunk area, the sidewalls, and sometimes it'll just kind of pull back with a couple little clips. And you'll see, you, yeah. you'll actually see a silt line, you know, on the inside of the the uh, the the, the, the yeah. sheet metal. The other thing is, if you get in a car and it smells like way too many deodorizers, and you can still yeah. smell kind of that uh, mildewy smell, moldy, yeah, mildewy smell. There's your sign. Another, there are signs. Trust your your senses. Yeah. You know what I mean. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, take it to a mechanic and they'll put it up on a lift. That's right. I guarantee you, if it's been in a flood, there's going to be signs of that underneath the car and all those suspension components. Even if it's just some pieces of grass right. that look like they were rinsed up underneath there. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is bringing back so many memories from 30 years ago. Oh, what a mess this can be. And for every a thought you have of thinking... I don't care. This could be a good deal. There are 10 setbacks that will come and haunt you later. Brian Moody's with autotrader.com. We'll come back and talk more about this, uh, how to spot flood damaged cars. Um, There's uh, a lot to talk about here. And also salvage title, rebuilt title. What does that mean? We'll come back and talk more about that. It is The Drive. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, today we're talking with Brian Moody. We're talking about what's going on in our crazy world, in the car world, that is. 
not the news, the rest of the news, the car news. Um, yes, flood damaged cars. There's a great yes. There's a great movie. You ever seen this movie called Body Heat with William Hurt? Oh man, I don't know if I have. He 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 like plans this great crime, and um, he's got it all planned out. He's a smart guy, and he goes and meets with a friend, and the friend tells him this. For every crime that you have planned, a hundred things can go wrong. And if you're a genius, you're going to think of 75 of them and you're going to fix it. But you, my friend, are no genius. <laughs> there you go. So when it comes to, you know, you think, oh, no, I can, I can figure I, I know, right. I know when they're trying to scam me. I know. Yeah, well, I think people sometimes get the idea that like, hey, I'm going to get a Challenger SRT for 12 grand. Right. And right. you're like, mm, yeah, you're not, though. You know, well, and listen, if you got a car that just had some, you know, I don't know, had some issues, body damage or whatever, like body damage is one yeah. thing. But if it has a rebuilt yeah. or a salvaged title, okay, so maybe you get to yeah. enjoy it. But the day will come when you say, you know what, I've enjoyed this car for two or three years, whatever. Yep. Now it's time to sell it. Now yep. comes the um, the reckoning because you reckoning. can't you can't just sell the thing like normal like I know see to me like because I bought one and I used to be in this business the salvage industry because I own wrecking yards which is a fantastic business and people can save a lot of money buying parts from wrecking yards which I do all the time to this day but. And my truck is a truck, so a farmer may buy my truck, not even caring if it has a dirty title. And I, I know I'm going to keep it until it's like, you know, a, a clunker. But for these cars that you just, like you talked about, a, a Challenger, SRT, something nice, and it's been right. flood damaged, and there's idiot lights on on the dash, and you're the idiot that bought the mm -hmm. car that was flooded, and you thought you could fix it, but now n nobody can fix it. You know why? Because, and as we were talking about, Brian, salt water will run down the wiring. It it'll literally, everything. it'll corrode down inside the wiring, and, the, and it'll literally travel inside the wiring. So even if you cut off the end and replace the end, the rust has traveled down the wiring. So it is cancer. Mm. It is cancer that kills the soul of the car. It's sad, but true. So, hey, by yeah. the way, there's a story yeah. about this, this whole thing at Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com, how to spot flood damaged cars. So I just want to make sure we threw that yeah. out there. Go ahead. Well, that brings up the next point, which is what's the difference between a rebuilt title and a salvage title? And is it worth getting one? I know, listen, I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, who purchased cars with a rebuilt title. Or they purchased the cars with a salvage title and they did the work themselves and they got years of great service out of that car and it never gave them any problems and they got a good car for a very low price. That's right. But those people took a huge risk. If they knew how to do the work themselves, that's a big advantage. But there's a lot of things to consider, such as how will your insurance company see the fact that you have a car with a rebuilt title? That's the first thing. Right. The second thing is a salvage title is different than a rebuilt title in most states. A salvage title is like a car that's been wrecked according to the insurance company that's beyond repair or exceeds the car's value. And it's basically a total loss. Like when people say, oh, my car was totaled. Well, it takes very little to do that today because cars are, are in a way, they're more fragile but in a way, they're more durable. So they last longer, 
But when it comes to accidents, they're more fragile because they've now been designed to crumple around the driver right. and absorb all the energy. Back in the day, you know, those big, massive cars, when they didn't really dent that much or whatever, that means that the, that the driver may have been um, <laughs> incurring the force That's when you right. come to a gradual stop. But just think of cars like Honda, for example, that has this energy-absorbing body structure that directs the energy of the crash around the driver, and so it has these different metals for different crumple zones. Well, that's why the cars get get totaled so fast, because... It's over, right. and then well, you know. So it's good for parts. If, if you you know, if you want to use parts, but yeah. you know, be cautious. Yeah. Now, what you were saying was, and here it is in a nutshell: the car gives up its life to save yours. Yeah. And and you're right. I'm literally seeing how they built this because when Brian and I go to these events and the the auto manufacturers are showing us these different tensile strength steel. Yeah. One lapped over the other, over the other, over the other. And then and you're like, well, why would they do that? Well, because they are designing a crumple zone. They're designing the car to bend there because that's where it will save your feet from being crushed. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's reasons yeah. for all these things, and it's brilliant. Uh, Brian, have you ever been to the crash center in uh, Sweden with Volvo? No. I went to one in the desert in California, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. I went there in the year 2000, and they let us watch them crash a couple cars. And it wow, is the most cool. amazing thing to watch. And then they showed us how in slow motion – the camera catches everything that's going on. And today, now that was 20 years ago. Today, mm -hmm. they computer generate because they've gathered enough data that they can computer generate a car crash without even it crashing because they've done it so many times. But they know what they're doing. And so these cars give up their life to save yours. We'll talk more about this on the other side. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, we're going to see these in the marketplace. Uh, flood damage cars, rebuilt titles, salvage titles. Um, yeah. Be careful, buyer beware. But there is a big story, kbb.com, about how to spot flood damage cars. We'll be right back with Brian Moody from Auto Trader. Stay with us. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. So I don't want to beat a dead car on this, you know, rebuilt salvage title versus a salvage title and how to find flood damage cars. This is the good news. Brian Moody's here with us. There is a story at kbb.com for Kelly Blue Book about how to spot flood damage cars and a big story about rebuilt title versus salvage title at Auto Trader. Both under Cox Communications, I believe, is the parent company of this. Uh, two great companies, by the way, under there. 
Um, Brian, because people are looking for good deals because the price of cars have gone yeah. up so much. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So Brian put together uh, eight least expensive cars for 2022, all at autotrader.com, and he's going to talk about them right now. So you can forget about the salvage titles because that's a mess and the wreck cars or the flood cars because here are the eight least expensive cars for 2022. What you got, Brian? And check out some of these prices, okay? So <clears throat> hopefully they're going to have them when you go shopping. These right. should be in stock, but that's, you know, can't always guarantee that. So in terms of low prices, just listen to this. 2022 Chevrolet Spark starts at an amazing $13,600 for a brand new car. There you go. Granted, it's a very small car and it's a hatchback, but it does have features like Apple CarPlay and an infotainment screen, that kind of thing. Uh, there's also the Mitsubishi Mirage, is about uh, $14,600. Yeah. It's an amazing 39 miles combined miles per gallon. Wow. Not a hybrid, just gets 39 miles per gallon because wow. it's a small three-cylinder engine. So guess what? Not super quick, word to the uh, shopper. Nissan Versa is $15,300, and that's probably the nicest one so far. It's a car that you could live with every day, the Sentra. It's got standard safety features that would include emergency braking, lane departure warning, that kind of stuff. Wait a minute. Did you also say the Kia did, Rio? Did you say Nissan Sentra or Versa? Nissan Sentra. I'm sorry, Versa. Jeez. Yeah. No, that's all right. I'm just making sure. I, okay. I got yeah. Sentra on the brain. The <laughs> yeah. Sentra is about $22,000, and that's the one. But Versa, you know, I mean, it's got some standard safety features, lane departure warning, that kind of stuff. Right. Both of those are worth considering. But for the lowest low price, the Nissan Versa, 15000 Four hundred, roughly. Yeah. The Kia Rio is sixteen thousand four fifty, and this this is a nice size car. It is a compact, but it feels nice on the inside. It's a decent car for the price. Same with the Hyundai Accent, about sixteen to seventeen thousand dollars for the base price. The thing you're not seeing so far on this list are SUVs, right? These are all cars because right. if you want a great deal, new or used, go where people aren't looking, and that's hatchbacks and sedans. Right. You want to pay the most? Go get a full-size SUV like everybody else. Yeah. But on this list, there is the 2022 Hyundai Venue. That is about $19,000. It's decent looking. gets good fuel economy, and it does come with some tech features. My favorite on the list is the 2022 Kia Forte. Again, about $19,000. It's good looking. Wireless Apple CarPlay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's fun to drive. It has nice-looking wheels. You know, you can get it different colors, that kind of stuff. I like that one the best on the list. The Kia Soul is another, I guess you could call that an SUV. Kind of, But it's about, uh, yeah, kind of. It's a car-based SUV, but $19,000 for that one. The Subaru Impreza, that's a good car, $19,300. Standard all-wheel drive, so that's something to consider if you live where it's snowy or where it's rainy or you go on gravel roads. And... The last one on the list is the Nissan Sentra. I misspoke earlier. About $20,000 for the base model. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, a decent car you could live with every day. You wouldn't feel like, oh, this is all I could afford. You would feel like you had a nice car with a Sentra. You know what? All these cars are great little commuter cars. And some people just don't care about all the fancy stuff. They just want to get right. there and back safely and economically. I would guess all these cars probably almost touch 40 miles to the gallon. This is probably the 40 mile per gallon club right here. Pretty you know? close. Yeah. And many of them have little features like push button start, Apple CarPlay, blind spot monitoring. The Nissans have automatic emergency braking. So you're not getting nothing. 
by getting an inexpensive car. So if you get you know bummed out by the high price of new cars, start looking at some other stuff. Don't just always go for full-size pickups and SUVs. Right. Yeah, of course, a Tahoe is expensive. Yeah, it's a great car, but it's expensive. That's right. Look at something like a Nissan Sentra or that Kia Forte. And you got to feed them ponies, too, because all that extra horsepower. Ooh. Exactly. Um, your point is very well taken. Uh, look where everybody else is not looking right now. Everybody's looking at these SUVs mm-hmm. and all this and little uh, little compact cars. It's, it's great. It's perfect. Good advice. And, and this is called We've Been Thinking About You. So... Uh, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> Autotrader.com. You can find nice. the eight least expensive cars for 2022. And also uh, Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com, how to spot flood damage cars. Brian, thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Good advice. That's it for me this week. I will see you guys next week right here on The Drive. See you then. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.